Hi, best friends. I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin. And it's our second Christmas together on Merry the Christmas. Um, and today we are going to be discussing window shopping by one of my favorite authors, Tessa Bailey. We stand Tessa Bailey. Love Tessa Bailey. So Tabby and I don't own the physical copy of this book. We both have read it on Kindle Unlimited. So instead of reading the back of the book, I'm going to read what's on Goodreads. I don't know if it's the same, but it'll it'll serve the it's same. It's fine. <laughs> so it says, two weeks before Christmas and all through Manhattan, shop windows are decorated in red and green satin. I'm standing alone in front of the famous Vivant department store when a charming man named Aiden asks my opinion of the decor. It's a tragedy in tinsel, I say, unable to lie. He asks for a better idea with a twinkle in his eye. Did I know he owned the place? No, he put me on the spot. Now I'm working for that man, trying to ignore that he's hot. But as a down-on-her-luck girl with a difficult past, I know an opportunity when I see one, and I have to make it last. I'll put my heart and soul into dressing his holiday windows. I'll work without stopping. And when we lose the battle with temptation, I'll try to remember I'm just window shopping. Oh, I don't know if that's a <laughs> back of the book. That's cute. I don't know either, but I did not realize it was going to be a poem until either. two seconds into it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, night before Christmas time beat. I was having fun while reading that. That was great. <laughs> so we are going to start <laughs> off with a quick synopsis of the book for those of you who have not had the chance to read it. Um, or for those of you who are just, you know, wanting to hear it again. We're but, also window shopping. <laughs> yeah. Y'all, you should read this book yourself, though. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, the first time I read it, I listened to the audiobook, and we'll talk more about that later. <laughs> it was <laughs> a trip. <laughs> and why I do and I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're, we're going to kick things off with a synopsis. Stella is a cynical young woman who we learn has just been released from prison. She stops to admire a window display of a high-end department store to find that it's a comically bad design. A well-dressed, friendly man stops to ask what Stella thinks of the window, and she doesn't hold back. He tells her that she should apply to work for Vivant as their window dresser, and she kind of quickly just walks away home to her apartment um, because this man's like super hot and is making her nervous. It's super hot. <laughs> so she flees. Um, but she goes back home and she decides to send in the application. Yeah. So we switch over to Aiden's point of view, which I freaking love that this is a dual point of view book. Love that. Same. Um, and we learn that he is the general manager of Vivant. And he banters with his secretary, Leland, about how Christmas is coming soon. And Leland's a little Grinch. He's a little <laughs> Grinch. Um, he asks Leland about the applicants for the window dresser position, hopeful that the mysterious young woman that he met outside, who is Stella, um, has applied for it. And Leland jokes with him that one of the applicants actually has a prison record. And Aiden sees, or asked to see her application. He sees that the name is Stella Schmidt and has a gut feeling that it is her. And so leading up to this, Leland had actually thrown away like all the applications that he thought were bad. And one of them was Stella's. And so Aiden was like, you know what? We're going to interview them all because he feels bad, you know, just digging hers out. Can't single her out like that. So he interviews all of the applicants, even the ones that do not look good on paper. Aiden is getting through all of these interviews with everyone, but no one 
who shows up has been that woman that he met on the sidewalk. So he's just waiting for her to walk in, but the time is running out. He's like, I'm going to have to go home. Like the time is up. So he is about to like collect his things and leave when he hears a noise out in the hall. And so he's like, uh, Stella. (laughs) And he just hears someone fleeing down the stairwell. So what does he do? He gets up and he chases after them. As you would assume you would do. Like just, (laughs) We'll sprint down the hallway. Um, so they end up actually holding the interview in the stairwell. She is super scared because she doesn't think she is good enough. Um, and so Stella actually learns that Aiden's family owns the store. And Aiden asks Stella to show him the designs that she brought with her. Um, she has like a whole portfolio that she brought. And Aiden is super, super impressed. And he's so impressed that he actually offers her the position just on like a trial basis because he doesn't want to show her favoritism or anything. Like he was going to hire her anyway. And he explains that Vivant needs a new Christmas display by the end of the work week. So this all takes place in like a week. Yeah. So Stella's like, oh shit, I got to get to work. So she shows up for the job and she is feeling like completely out of place. She has imposter syndrome. And so she's like kind of meeting some of the people who work there, including uh, one of the department managers named Jordan. And she kind of like, she kind of hits it off with Jordan right away. They're kind of like, hmm, yeah, you're cool. I like you. And so Stella works all day long because she only has a week to do this. And so she's working after hours when the door of the window box closes and she realizes that her key is locked on the other side. She immediately is triggered, has a panic attack because she um, feels trapped and is like back in the mindset of being in prison. So she pulls up the email that Aiden had sent to offer her the job and like calls the phone number on there. And he's super like, alarmed when he answers the phone he's like um what is wrong like (laughs) are you in danger and so she tells him what's going on he calms her down and then makes his way downstairs to unlock the door so he gets to the window box lets her in and she immediately just like attacks him in a huge hug of relief like she is so so scared and so he picks her up and he carries her back to his office and so on their way up first of all we learn that our boy Aiden he's a little dirty we like that He's like, yeah, I I have like another side to me. And we're like, damn, okay. Um, And Stella realizes also that she is very attracted to him. And he is also attracted to her, obviously. Um, And she kind of gets scared because she, first of all, like has that imposter syndrome. And she feels like it's all moving very fast. So she tries to pump the brakes. um, She doesn't want to, you know, jeopardize anything with her new job um, or potentially her Aiden's feelings. Because who would want to do that? He's a little golden retriever of a man. Um, And in an attempt to distance herself from him, Stella blurts out that she went to prison for armed robbery. um, And he was like, do you want to talk about it? And she's like, no. And then she ends up leaving. Just like, I'll just, on that note, I'll see my <laughs> Yeah, I'll see myself out. Um, so a couple days later, she and Aiden haven't talked, and Aiden has to attend a board meeting for the store. The board is made up of his family members, his grandmother, his dad, and his cousin, and he does not get along with them. Um, they're all super pretentious and judgmental, and they resent Aiden for being raised by his Aunt Edna, who is nothing like them at all. Um, she's a little country bumpkin queen. 
And Aiden, he has the best stories about too. Oh yes, on Edna's stories are talented. Oh, Aunt Edna's stories—they are gems. I have them all highlighted in the book, <laughs> <laughs> so I can just go look at them. Um, so Aiden is filling them in, like on the fact that there's a new window dresser on a trial basis, but he's being really cautious about what information he reveals because he's feeling like really protective of Stella. He knows that if they knew that she has a prison record, like they would immediately judge her and be dicks. So he's like not telling them anything. So then we switch back to Stella's perspective and she's finishing up her window display and that is going to be revealed the next morning. And she's been putting her whole heart and soul into this display and she has not been able to stop to think about Aiden. She hasn't had time, Um, but she feels like she isn't good enough for him still and is kind of just like accepting that at this point. Um, So she is like walking through the store after hours, I guess, for like some inspo. She does this every night just to re-familiarize herself with this store. And she actually runs into Aiden, who is like drinking by himself in um, the middle of the cookware section. She sees his little shoes poking out in the middle of the aisle (laughs) and goes in to check on him. Um, And Stella asks Aiden, you know, what's going on, buddy? Like, what's on your mind? And he confides in her that he has super strange relationships with his family members who own the store and that he's just under a lot of stress, which is a very different picture than what we typically see happy Aiden as. He reveals more about his childhood. He tells her how he grew up with his aunt Edna. His dad basically like got remarried and shipped him away because he just didn't like want to deal with him anymore. So that was like hurtful, but he is super grateful for his aunt and uncle and um, how they really took him in as their own. And he admits to Stella that he kind of uses this unwavering, optimistic attitude and like his goofy Christmas bow ties as kind of like a defense mechanism. He doesn't like to feel sad or mad or anything that could be like considered negative. He actually feels guilty whenever he feels anything other than happy. And Stella comforts him and he kind of changes the conversation up and he's like, so what about you? What about your past? Um, She is like, Hey, um, I would like to change the subject. So what we're going to do is we are going to take 15 minutes to find each other. The most perfect Christmas gift, uh, like in the store. She like is super competitive. They take off running and Aiden, she notices when he's running away, she's like his butt is dumpy (laughs) man she says that he has a beautiful bubble butt and um they go and they exchange gifts and he gave her like a lanyard with a little hook so she can wear her key and never get locked in the window box again and so she's like oh my god that's so thoughtful and um so she actually picks out binoculars for him which i was like okay (laughs) that's kind of cute though (laughs) It's kind of cute. It's like a pun. She's like, because you're always looking up. But I was like, I don't. Yeah. Anyway. Um. And like the fact that like everyone's just like, yeah, he got it. I'm like, did he? <laughs> did he? Because it took me a second to, to, to think I got it. And I still was like, did I get it? Because it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, not the best gift in my opinion, but Aiden loved it. <laughs> yeah, and so they're having like this cute little impromptu date in the break room. And Aiden tells Stella that after knowing her for three days, he would love to date her. He would <laughs> love nothing more than the privilege of being her boyfriend. Like, he tells yeah, her, you are fine. Like, that is 
you're it for me, girl. (laughs) Um, And he tells her that the only way they can date, though, is if they file the proper paperwork with HR first, because you don't want to take advantage of her. Like, that's her boss. I get it. I've worked in HR. Um, And Stella is, like, super hesitant to do so because it feels really official, which, girl, I get it. It's been three days. Like, you don't know this man, this little scary happy man who apparently can also be very rough <laughs> um and Aiden tells her like no biggie I'll wait <laughs> okay. yeah he's like I'm patient you guys don't know each other uh, yeah very true it's love at first sight mm-hmm. um so the next morning Aiden he kind of pulls up in his oh actually <laughs> Hurt, hold up <laughs> rewind Ooh, we're gonna rewind really quick <laughs> important the next morning <laughs> Aiden <laughs> Wakes up in his apartment at like 3 a.m. And he's like, I cannot stop thinking about this one. Orders this man some donuts. <laughs> so he orders two dozen donuts on Postmates, which no judgment, my man. Because like most of them are for other people, but he does eat like four. Um, anyway, <laughs> he is in the shower thinking about Stella that morning. And he feels very he feels- guilty. He does. He feels guilty, but also he's like, but I'm going to do it though. And uh, they- We'll come back to this when I discuss the audiobook pros and cons with you all. Um, anyway, so he arrives in front of the store in his town car. He has like a driver and he looks out and he's like, sees Stella just waiting in the dark and the cold. And he's like, Stella, like, come wait in the car. Where the uh, hell have you been, Loka? Hop in the car. <laughs> exactly. She is Loka just sitting in the dark, cold streets of New York City. So he tells her when she gets in the car, hey, I'm so sorry, but the board is actually going to be here for your window reveal and they're super rude. So just be prepared. This leads to them talking more about their family relationships. And he kind of gets the idea that like, she's definitely not close with her parents and like things are strained after her prison sentence. This uh, leads him to ask a little bit more about, you know, what's going on with that whole prison situation. Cause he's curious. So she tells him like, well, I committed this crime with my friend, Nicole, and she's still in prison for that crime in our relationship was super strained. Now it's even more strained. Um, then somehow, some way, <laughs> they get horny again, and <laughs> things just pop off in, in the back of this car. They have like a divider up, and that's the only thing between them. Yeah, and, the and like their driver can a hundred percent most likely hear everything. Somehow she like ends up in his lap. Oh yeah, she's still, like straddling it. this man, and he was he was full on committed. He was going to like straight up undo like, his pants and like yeah, I'm gonna like you know, you right here in, yeah. in the backseat of this car. He, yeah, he was gonna take <laughs> it out of the way, but then they hear a car horn and kind of like snap out of their feral trance. Um, <laughs> this is the wildest thing. Like I just well, and that's the thing too. Like they they were literally just like grabbing each other. Like they were not kissing. They were they not, were not talking, making. Out. They were not doing anything except for like <laughs> breathing directly into each other's mouths. <laughs> they were exchanging air and like grabbing each other's clothing. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this weird tension? God, I love it for them, though. I really loved that. So anyway, they get out of the car because they realize they're in fucking public. And Stella's first window, it's a big hit. Like, it's a huge hit. Everyone is so impressed, except for Aiden's family. Um, They're impossible to please. Like, we knew that was going to happen. Um, And they're like, 
it's a little flashy, like, don't you think? And they're like, no, it's probably fine. So Aiden like kind of defends Stella's work and says Vivant needs to hire her on officially. And that's what they plan to do after seeing what a good job she did. So Stella meets with all of her coworkers and like, yeah, we're going out for drinks. We're going to the bar to celebrate. And so Stella goes to the bar that evening with some of her coworkers, including Jordan. And Jordan tells Stella that she saw her with Aiden in the back of the car that morning. We're like, oh, okay. Like, don't tell anybody. Um, <laughs> but she said everyone was so distracted that no one else saw them except for her. So she's going to keep that to herself because she's cool. So Jordan's love interest, Seamus, shows up. And so she's like, BRB, got to go make fun of this young gentleman. Yeah, she's so mean to him. <laughs> he has a degradation kink or something. He's for into sure. it. Um, so anyway, Jordan leaves Stella at the bar and Aiden shows up, which that whole interaction kills me. Aiden shows up and sees her like talking to this young gentleman gentleman outside and like interrupts and is like basically like, kick rocks Betty like it's my time to shine um and they discuss wanting to be together again but Stella still just doesn't feel ready to commit to paperwork for HR and Aiden is like you know what at this point in time I'm pretty desperate to like fuck the paperwork I guess and like pulls her into this dark corner because she's told him like I don't you're a nice guy and I don't want to you know ruin who you are like I want you to stay pure and he was like bitch I'll show you pure and like so pulls her into this dark corner and starts fooling around with each other gets really intense on this rooftop bar once again they do realize that they are in public yeah uh, they are committing crimes left and right like they are going to jail for sure if someone sees what he is doing to this lady on the (laughs) rooftop (laughs) They go home together to Stella's apartment. First of all, she's kind of embarrassed because she lives in a dump. Um, But Aiden's like, you know, we didn't even have plumbing for the longest time. So don't worry about it. Um, Yeah, he always makes her feel better about everything. And I love it. It's really cute. So they continue fooling around. It gets real spicy. We love it. We love to see it. But then Aiden starts getting in his head. He's second guessing himself. And he's like, you know what? Maybe I am too nice of a guy. And so he breaks it off before they get to the grand finale here and tell Stella, you know what? Like, I can't do this. And he goes, he just leaves her. He just leaves yeah. her hanging. Yeah, he leaves and he's like, I guess I am too nice for you or something. And and it's really so sad. They both feel like shit after that. So Stella goes to work the next day. She feels guilty. She feels like she has pressured Aiden into doing something that he regretted, which was like kind of one of her fears the whole time. Um, And then at the same time, Aiden was feeling awful because he's like, oh, my God, I fucked up. I just ruined everything with this girl that I really like. Then Stella gets a call from Nicole, who tells her she's going to be out on parole and she needs to borrow some money. And things between her and Nicole, like, they did not end on a good note. Like, Nicole kind of resents Stella because of how Stella um, behaved during their crimes, which we'll talk a little bit more about later. But the call, it just shakes Stella up a lot. She feels really upset. And Aiden kind of, like, runs into her and is like, are you good? Because she's clearly, like, you know, distraught about something. So then he's worried that it it has something to do with him. Which, and like, so, to be fair, that's probably it, too. Yeah, yeah. And she is like, oh, my God, like, I do not need to put this on this man. I do not need to ask him to comfort me because he's trying to set boundaries. Like, he made that clear last night. And so she's like, I am going to just kind of, like, tell him I'm good. And he gives Stella an invitation to the Vivant Christmas Eve party. And... On the invitation, it's like, you can bring a plus one, but he's like, I would really love it if you did not, because I still would like to believe that I have a chance with you. And she's like, okay. 
um, I don't really know how to take that. Yeah. And so then a couple more days pass. So like, we've got to be nearing this 10 day mark at this point in time. It's got to be close. Um, and Stella's continuing to work in her little window when Jordan comes up to ask her for advice about our boy Seamus. Um, and so they're talking, talking, talking. All of a sudden a security guard comes up and is like, Stella Schmidt, we need you to come with us and puts her like, I don't know if they handcuff her, but they do like the, like you got to walk back with us. And Jordan immediately is just like, "Mm, something's up. And like, yeah, you've been accused of stealing a pair of earrings that went missing because you're a little criminal. And so she's like, what? Couldn't be me. So they like walk her back to HR and Jordan is like, don't worry, I'll go get Aiden. Yeah, Jordan to the rescue. So Aiden rushes downstairs. He finds his grandmother and father there and they are like, Aiden, how could you keep it from us that you hired a felon? And Aiden's like, you guys are are something else. So he Mm. becomes mad. He's very furious. His secretary Leland is like, it's happening. Like he's losing his temper. And uh, so he's like, Jordan, shut down the entire store, please. And bring all the sales staff in. And they find out the earrings were actually placed on layaway by a salesperson, which she wasn't supposed to do, but like, that's why they weren't accounted for. They're not actually like stolen. And so Aiden pops off on his family and for the HR lady who like discriminated against Stella. Yeah. She said he basically tells the lady who works in HR because she does not feel remorseful. She will not apologize to Stella. So Aiden's like, you know what? Um, I suggest you look for a new job because you're not going to have one here much longer. And so she is like, okay, um, do you mind if I do my work from home for the rest of the day? And Stella's like, actually, before you go, I would like to sign the paperwork to date this man because I'm in love with him now. After we're at probably six days at this point. Um, (laughs) So immediately after signing the paperwork, our favorite little porn dogs go up to Aiden's office. He kicks Leland out. He said, kick rocks. See you later. Your mom's looking for you. I I need you to, I need you to go. And Leland's like, okay, I see you. He's like, heard, heard, heard. And so they like close all the windows and like have Christmas music playing in the background. Cause you know, that's (laughs) best. Um, And so they get down and dirty in Aiden's office. Like, my God, what a great thing for us to read. Um, and so afterwards, Aiden's like, you're coming home with me. You're coming home with me and it's going to be good. And so Stella goes over to Aiden's apartment for the first time. Um, and it's really pretty. It's exactly what you'd think. It's Santa's workshop. And they kind of open up to each other a little bit more. So Stella reveals more about her relationship with Nicole and, you know, what, what more, you know, kind of went down. She stayed behind to take care of the man that they accidentally shot while Nicole ran. Basically just like letting Aiden know, like she's not the convict that they thought she was. And then as they're talking, getting to know each other, Stella's about to fall asleep. She asks Aiden about what his perfect Christmas would look like. And he tells her that he wants matching robes um, with his family on Christmas morning and for them to all, you know, be together. And Stella's like, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. So she definitely is like feeling the pressure of everything with Nicole because she's getting out like on Christmas Eve the next day. So there so it is the next day it's Christmas Eve afternoon and Aiden is like Stella like you're so gorgeous she's like trying on this dress for the party and he's like walk into the party with me let's show everyone that we're together and Stella is again she's on edge so she's like hey like slow down (laughs) 
<laughs> she's like, slow down. Like, I just decided to go to this party. Like, I still feel out of place and stuff. And so then they kind of have a little misunderstanding and, and Aiden's like, do you need space? And Stella's like, do you want space? And they like have a little bit of like a, um, it's dumb. Favorite miscommunication. A miscommunication trope. Oh, Mm. so Aiden, then he realizes, so Stella's getting this phone call and she's like ignoring it. And he's like, who is that? Is that Nicole? And she's like, yeah, it is. I need to go help her out. And he's like, where are you going? Are you going to be okay? Are you going to be safe? And she is like, buddy, like you have got to believe in me and trust that I'm going to make good decisions or this is not going to work out. Which like at no point in time was he like, you're going to make a bad decision. (laughs) And so, yeah, she kind of leaves pissed off at him. Yeah, for no reason. Um, So Stella goes and meets Nicole outside of her apartment. And Nicole's like super resentful and saying very hurtful things to Stella, which it's like, you just got here, first of all. Like, I mentioned Stella's like helping her out. Like, Yeah, like Stella's kind of a pushover. So she finally decides to stand up for herself and she sets some new boundaries with Nicole, which I think is what Nicole needed all along. We're just in boundaries. Um, And she tells Nicole that she can stay at the apartment while she gets back on her feet, but she needs to quit acting like a little biatch because she is. But also, again, like I, she came from a bad background, so I just don't think she ever had boundaries. But yeah. not Stella's job to teach her that. Right, for sure. So I am glad that Stella stood up for herself because that's kind of like all their relationship needed. Yeah. So Stella realizes, man, I argued with Aiden earlier and that was really misplaced. And I do want to be in a relationship with him still. So she goes and shows up to the Christmas Eve party in a robe with a matching one for Aiden to put on. Oh, it's so cute. It's a little romantic gesture. And they're both like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for like the miscommunication earlier. And like, we need to communicate with each other. And they clarify like neither one of them wants space. And Aiden introduces Stella to Aunt Edna, who flew to New York for the Christmas Eve party. My favorite Aunt Edna. <laughs> and they love each other. They tell each other. They love each other. It's super great. It's super cute. And- <laughs> After 10 days. <laughs> so flash forward to one year. They've been together for one whole year. Aiden and Stella are engaged. Super bummed. We didn't get to see that, but whatever. And um, so he probably, honestly, probably proposed after like four seconds. Um, he probably proposed on Christmas day. Yeah. Like the next after day, the Christmas sure. Eve. <laughs> yeah. So they are actually driving to Stella's parents' house to introduce Aiden and work on making amends with their parents because her parents, like when she got out of prison, were like, here's some money. Best of luck to you. We actually don't want you here. Yeah. And like, just never talk to them again. And so they're driving there. Stella's super nervous. Um, so they get to their house and Stella sees that her parents have framed pictures of all of her window displays at Vivant and realizes that Aiden has been sending them all of her window displays and like, so sweet. they've been keeping tabs on her. And so it's just like this whole super cute meetup with her parents and everything's all better. And that's the end of the, that's the end of the book. Yeah, that's the happy ending. That's our happy ending. (laughs) And it's very sweet, but also we'll talk about why we're mad at her parents. Um, (laughs) We'll get there. So many bones I have to pick with this book. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have a few? What are your overall thoughts on this one? What would you rate it? You know, I love a good, like, okay. So it kind of depends because if you want just like a super quick, cute read, it's a 10 out of 10. Super mm-hmm. cute. It's super cute. And if you're looking for a book that has substance, mm, 
six out of 10. Um, That's a very fair assessment. And I would compare it to, you know, Hallmark Christmas movies, which we love, Love but there is a mood that you have to be in to want to watch a Hallmark Christmas movie because they're all the same. They're very predictable. They don't have like the most realistic plots. You just, you watch it for the good vibes. Yeah. So like overall, it's a very cute book. Like I said, I love Tessa Bailey. I think she's a great author. She writes really good rom-coms and I I mean, it was very well written. It's just like, it's not anything that like you're reading for, you know, like educational or like deeper meanings. (laughs) 100% agree. Um, Yeah. If I... If I were rating it, like just how much I enjoyed it, I would say like a seven out of 10. Like it was very cute and fun. But at the same time, I was not like struggling. Like if I had to like close the book and walk away for a little bit, I wasn't like distraught about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like there, there wasn't going to be anything like coming up that was going to like shock me or like there was no cliffhanger to look forward to. No, it's just like, it's a book you can read in like three hours and call it a day. Yeah. I wonder how long the audiobook is. Let me look that up because it can't be I'm long. sure it's like seven hours because like for Tessa Bailey's it happened one summer. I'm pretty sure it's like maybe eight or nine. Yeah. About seven hours. You're right. I'm really good at guessing. All right, so we are going to kick things off with the things that we liked about this book, and we do have a lot. Um, One of my favorites is the Aunt Edna stories, and like I said, I have them all highlighted. They bring me so much joy. So for those of you who have not actually read the book, Aunt Edna is who raised Aiden, and she is married to a man named Hank. They do at one point separate and she marries a rodeo clown um, for a short period of time. But tragically, the rodeo clown does die. Um, and she does pass on. <laughs> May he rest in peace. And she gets back together with Hank, her one true love. I picture Edna and Hank as the couple from Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. They're so <laughs> perfect for, for Edna and Hank. Like, that's what them. is the grandma's like Mar- Marie and Mary and something like that? I cannot remember. <laughs> that show scared me so much as a child. Me too. It was terrifying. <laughs> so I watch it a whole lot. Um, something that I loved about this book was the absolute top tier dirty talk from Aiden. My God, you're not expecting it. You're not expecting it from this dapper gentleman. From um, Mr. Bowtie. Mr. Bowtie from Tennessee who sells honey door to door. You're not <laughs> expecting it. And when they are in the elevator and he's carrying Stella up to his office, you're like, this is really nice and sweet of him. You know, kind of weird that he's taking her up to his office, but that's whatever. And then all of a sudden he just leans in her ear and is like, you know what? I'm not always nice. When the situation calls for, I can be downright rough. And it's like, oh, okay. all right. I wasn't asking, but I'm glad you told me. <laughs> like, literally nobody asked. Like, he <laughs> said that completely unprompted, um, but we're thankful for it. We're not going to turn it down. I don't, should we read all these quotes? I don't know. Some of them are pretty good. Um, yeah. So <laughs> later okay. on, they're on the roof and Aiden's like, do you want some proof I can be more than a nice guy, sweetheart? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we do. 
Mm, we do want some proof. Thank you. And then <laughs> later, I don't remember what part this is from in the book, but like, I think it, it was again, like when they were talking about like him, maybe being a nice guy or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, tell me what you want done, sweetheart. And I'll bring you inside and do it. Oh, they just gotten out of his car. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we're about to get and some I good will- shit. And then we don't because he got scared. But while they are in there, like, it was pretty good. (laughs) After they are officially dating, um, I believe this is when they're in This is in the office, the the (laughs) pinnacle scene of the entire book. (laughs) Dude, they are literally at work and he says, good girl put me in, put me all the way in. Goodbye. Praise King dude. (laughs) I left the earth. (laughs) I levitated. (laughs) God, that was some good shit. Oh, okay. One more. Um, (laughs) there's so many. (laughs) So this is another, like, there's only like two, honestly, there's like two scenes in this entire book where they're like actually like are with each other like there's some spicier scenes that happen whatever but this is like after Stella has stayed the night at Aiden's house for the first time and they actually did not sleep with each other that night because she ends up falling asleep in front of his Christmas tree wow super hallmark um beautiful and she wakes up the next morning and is like wearing his shirt and like nothing else and she's like got her hair pulled back and my man is down bad like he is into it he's like fuck yeah drops breakfast all over the floor and is like he's like marry me and like this could not get any better than now and so I guess to like prove how much she loves him she's like I'm gonna go down on my man and so she does and he is like praising the fuck out of her this entire time and he's like so good to me on those knees and I was just like yeah girl like good for you okay queen okay so we already talked about the office and the kitchen scene are like kind of the two main scenes where they like full-on like are together together yeah um oh that's what I was gonna say Tessa Bailey so Tessa Bailey in every single one of her books um if you have ever read any of her works she has this thing for like anal and I don't know why but it does make an appearance in every single one of her books and this book is no different in the kitchen scene it's the strangest thing to put into the book it had it did not fit it was very weird because that's the thing it's like (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that. However, however, the way that she like fit the way she there, wrote it. Yeah. So they are like, this is before Stella goes down on her man. They are like making out. She is like playing with his butt. Because he's got a good butt. Like she's, she's into his butt, butt, which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. And she just kind of like, she doesn't ask, but she just <laughs> kind of starts to slip a finger in. I guess spreading my dude's cheeks. <laughs> And he's like, do you like doing that? And she's like, I don't know. Like, do you like it when I do that? And he's like, I'm not sure. (laughs) What prompted you to do that? (laughs) Like, it's definitely like, okay, nothing wrong with it. We are not judging anyone. But like, that is definitely a conversation you should have before. That's like a six month. I don't know. That's like not, hey, I've known you for a 10 day type move. Um, You slept together for the first time. Yeah. Like, I (laughs) I didn't even factor that in. No, they've been together for 10 days at this. Not even 10 days. No, at this point in time, it's been like mm, seven, maybe eight. And that is 
that is not literal marriage, but that is metaphorical marriage behavior. Like that's at least like a, I don't know. Like, I don't even know when you're supposed to do that. Like if you're into that, cool. But it's like, they don't need to know each other. Well, they don't know what like each other even likes at that point in time. Like very bold of you to just spread my dude, (laughs) like stick a finger up there. Again, nothing wrong with them being into it, but it's definitely something that I recommend in real life. Perhaps you have a conversation with your partner before you start just poking. <laughs> don't don't go digging for nothing um, unless then, you like, gain consent. Yeah, but then like after that, like it just like, I don't know, it gets even like worse. I don't know. What happens after that? No, it's just like they continue, like she just continues touch, like talking oh. about it and like. yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just the way it was written. It was very strange. Yeah. It was definitely out of place and it like out of character for these two specifically. Yeah. Um, Cause you can usually see it coming in other books. Like, yeah, there's a, there's a vibe. There is like a, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It wasn't. (laughs) And it's like, usually there's a conversation first and especially with like Aiden and Stella have both been like very, um, consensual the whole time like Aiden will ask for verbal consent typically like during their interaction right or he'll be like this is what I want to do do you like that yeah and she's like yes yes please no he'll say he'll say like tell me like tell me me what you like like, tell me what you want and so she will like he's very much like been emphasizing the verbal consent so it is it's definitely odd. And I feel like that's all we, we really have to say about it. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know. It was strange to me. <laughs> I agree. Aiden's inner monologue kills me. Like Stella, no offense to Stella, but that was just a very flat character to me. Like she's very insecure, which I get it. We're all insecure. She has imposter syndrome. She's fresh out of jail. She's starting a new life. I get it, but she's not funny. She's very one-dimensional character to me. Really brings down the vibes. Yeah, Aiden, on the other hand, though, the dude is comedic gold. (laughs) (laughs) Like whenever he walks up on the rooftop for the first time and like sees like this tattooed gentleman like talking to Stella, he's like, "Is that what she's into? Gross!" And like walks up and he's like, "Who's this tragic-looking fellow in the tight jeans so close to Stella?" (laughs) Like, that is so rude, but I love it. I or like, know. um, they're they're having a discussion. He is like moon eyes for her. He is like obsessed with her and starts saying something, and he was gonna embarrass himself. And Stella interrupts him. He's like, "Thank God she interrupted me because I'm about to propose marriage to this girl." <laughs> oh, oh, and my. then um, the morning of her window reveal, <laughs> he's like sitting there feeling sorry for himself, like in the dark, and so he's like. I just sat there in the dark like a sad sack wondering if her apartment in Chelsea gets sufficient heat (laughs) because like he knows that she's poor and he just wants to love this woman. I don't know. I just like his character was so funny to me. And like as as many issues as they have as a couple, like he carried the whole book for me. Oh, yeah. We love Aiden. Um, But now we'll talk about some things that we, well, okay, we did talk about some things we didn't like already. But now we'll talk about things that we really didn't like. (laughs) Tessa Bailey, we do love you. We do. We do love you and your words. (laughs) I'm going to kick things off, actually. Let me talk about the audiobook a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. (laughs) So, like I said, the first time I read this book, it was actually the audiobook. So I was listening to it in the car. 
and the absolutely no shade but the gentleman who portrays aiden <laughs> hey he's just making his money You're right. um his tennessee accent is at times a bit painful to listen to just in general mm-hmm. but it gets significantly worse whenever we are um listening to dirty talk aiden particularly the shower scene when Aiden is going to town, um, having a fantasy of Stella. And I am just listening to this man. Um, like heavy breathing in a Tennessee <laughs> accent. <laughs> it's, it's tragic, honestly. And um, the actress who portrays Stella, I actually, I, I really enjoyed her performance. And yeah. she, um, when she is, like you know speaking from the perspective of Stella when Aiden speaks in those chapters she does give him an accent but it's like not tragic to listen to so I applaud her um so the pros of the audiobook obviously you can listen to it while you're doing other things you can you know drive your car do your chores um the cons you are going to be uh your ears are going to be assaulted assaulted yeah, quite a few times, quite frequently. And uh, <laughs> that, that really made it kind of difficult for me. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing with audiobooks. Um, <laughs> if a sex scene is done well, it is amazing to listen to. <laughs> it's 10 out of 10 to listen to. Yeah. If it is done poorly, it makes me want to scratch out my own eardrums because yeah. I get like secondhand embarrassment for the narrator. That explains my feelings exactly about about listening yeah. to, to that. In yeah. something that I wish they had done, which I didn't know was a thing until I listened to an, uh, another audiobook the other day. Um, it's it's the Ravenhood trilogy. I have it on audiobook. If you haven't read it, it's super good. Um, but like there are different not different perspectives. It's all the perspective from one lady, but there are multiple male characters in it. And so they do have a male voice that does all the male characters. And so even though it is a female reading it, whenever the male speaks, it's the male voice that cuts in. And so it's like having an actual like dialogue between the two, which I really enjoyed. And I wish more books would do that. I wish they had done that in this one. Yeah, I think I've listened to one before that did that. But yeah, I I think more books should do that because it really, it helps differentiate like who's talking in the book. And like, also it just does feel like it's like two separate characters having a conversation. Yeah, I like that. So yeah, like obviously if the only way that you have time to read is by Mm -hmm. listening to audiobooks, I do recommend this one if it sounds like something you'd enjoy, but just be forewarned. (laughs) that you're going to (laughs) you are going to cringe um anyways Um, something else I just really didn't love about the book how quickly they fell in love um and like I've talked about the different tropes that I don't like and like the insta love and the miscommunication trope are two of them that I just don't like and we get both of those in this book and so for me like it took me out of the book almost because it's like oh yeah, we have 10 days to get this window put together. And like, cool, cool, cool. And then by the end of it, it's like, yeah, I'm madly in love with you. And it's like, okay, but it's been 10 days. And you guys are being really dramatic for it have only been 10 days. Oh, absolutely. But that is um, very much like a signature. It's of a Hallmark. Like the, yeah. Yeah. The Hallmark Christmas romances, like they do, they fall in love. Like, because our, our romantic lead is, 
going to be introduduced to the main character within like a week of Christmas. Like that's right. just or like two weeks before Christmas. And they're going to fall in love by Christmas Day. Like it's I just going to happen. I don't know. Like in all of the other Tessa Bailey books, like it all happens over the span of like weeks or months. And I yeah. like that a little bit better. I don't know. It's like the instant love is not, it's not for me. Yeah, I hear you. I do agree. Stella acted like Aiden should, how am I trying to phrase this? She acted like he should be able to like read her mind. Yes. You know? Yes. She acted like he should know what she's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's just like the thing about Stella specifically that I didn't like, but she would have all these feelings and then not communicate them. And that frustrated me a lot. I mean, I think part of it is because, like, on a physical level, like, they did very much, like, understand each other, and I think she maybe thought that translated into, like, the actual relationship, and that's not how that works, and, like, while Aiden is, like, good at reading people, and I think he did kind of get where she's coming from, I mean, he doesn't know her, and I think that's what kind of led to the miscommunication part of it, too, was that she had all these expectations, and, like, they're they're practically strangers. It's not a good... Uh, recipe for success. Um, it does seem to work out for them in the end, but <laughs> it is also lucky literature. them. <laughs> Another thing that I really I didn't like, and I would have replaced it with more storyline for Aiden and Stella, is the whole Nicole subplot and her parents. I get that these characters exist in her life, like she's going to obviously like have more people in her life than just Aiden, but like. So waste of like the time and energy on them. I was not interested. Like I could not care less whether or not she and Nicole made up. I don't like Nicole. I still don't mm. like Nicole. Even after she set the boundaries and was like seemingly apologetic for the way she treated yeah. her. Like she's, like she's doing really well now. And it's like, great. <laughs> no, like I don't give a shit about Nicole. I'm sorry. Same with your parents. Um, Fuck your parents. I get that. Obviously there's going to be like. Uh, an effect on your relationship if you go to prison and you come home but for your parents to be like get out like get out okay so they have every right to do that that's fine but then why are you like frame like keeping your daughter's framed pictures of her work up and then not only are you like keeping the pictures of her work like framed on your entry table or whatever but then you're not calling her to like try and make amends like fuck you well, you I also don't... think it's, like, weird that Aiden was just, like, sending these to them. And it's, like, yeah. they don't know this man. They don't care about their daughter. Like, why would he not say anything? Why would they not say anything? Like, why? Like, it's, like, why? he, Aiden was coming from a place of he just wants Stella to be happy. And I think sure. he can see that Stella is sad that she, like, drifted apart from her parents. So he's, like, trying to fix it. But, like, it's not really his place for one and two it's like her parents aren't making any effort so do they even deserve this and like Stella I mean I guess we can't say that Stella's making the biggest effort in the world but she did like she tried like she whenever she left prison she was going to live with them and I can only assume like work on like her relationship like strengthening it with them but they immediately were like actually we changed our minds like 
you can't stay here. Well, it's not even that. Like what she had said was that they had finally reestablished themselves in the community. Like it was like a burden on them that she went to jail. And like, basically she was cramping their style by being there because she's out of prison. It's like, that's fucked. It is like pick, pick your daughter or pick your like so-called social status. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, but what kind of social stand? Like you guys are like what? Like in Pennsylvania, fifties in in suburban Pennsylvania. Like what are you like? You're not getting invited to the local cookout. Like I'm sorry, I don't give a fuck. I don't know how it is in Pennsylvania. Sorry if you guys are like super bougie or whatever, but like, (laughs) (laughs) like it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Where I'm from, people they go to prison. It happens. Like no, it's like expected. like it makes sense and no one cares Mm -hmm. yeah they're like oh you went to prison that's cool it happens it happens dog like yeah we've all been don't get caught next time i don't know we come from two different two different worlds here i guess (laughs) you and i are not the same we are not the same you're from pennsylvania you and i are not the same (laughs) (laughs) we are from meth capital st joe um holla at you 816 Um, the last thing, and probably honestly the biggest bone we have to pick with this book is the fucking word choice, Tessa Bailey. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, oh my god. Okay, I get it. I get dirty talk and I love dirty talk. I think it's awesome. But like there is a fine line between dirty talk and just absolute fucking raunchy nonsense. And like we cross that line more than once in this book and it took me so far out of the scene that I actually had to step away for a second Um, I had to blink I had to blink it out of my vision upset with the word choice first one milk me hate it hate that phrase I think it's disgusting I think Ah, it's almost worse than like the phrase like spilling your seed like in a fantasy novel that is that is up there with the phrase milk me bad. milk me is worse <laughs> bad like what are you a fucking cow like oh gross um the second one that i read that I had to do a double take and like i i think she was trying to convey like how turned on aiden was and i get it but it was, I can only think about getting rid of the density gathering in the deepest regions of my loin. Sir? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like cancer. Dude, it looked like you bought a thesaurus and, like, looked up every, oh, God. I yeah, every word in that sentence has been replaced by a synonym. Like, you could have just said, like, my dick was hard. Yeah. And I would have been perfect. Yeah, you could just say, like, you're the hardest you've ever been. In fact, he does say that at one point, and I was like, okay. It's like, what the fuck? Density? Density? In the deepest regions of his loin. In the deepest regions. You don't gotta brag. Like, subtle brag. Are you big? Like, (laughs) How big are your loins, bro? Whoa, bro. Uh, How deep are we talking? Super deep loins, buddy. Dude, the next one... Uh, oh. This isn't even a like a full completed list. These are just the ones that we thought were like crimes against humanity. Yeah. These phrases deserve to go to prison more than Stella. <laughs> and she committed armed Ooh, robbery. This one was so bad. <laughs> I'll even okay. read it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take on for the team. I'm going to rip the band aid off. Okay. Are you ready? So 
Stella, this is, you know, she's going downtown on her man. He says, that sucking little mouth is about to blast me off. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck is that? Three, two, one, blast off. We're going in a trip in our favorite rocket ship. (laughs) That little sucking little mouth. (laughs) I hate everything about that thing. I hated every part of that phrase. (laughs) Not a single redeeming quality about that one. Um. I also have a real bone to pick with, um, so this was uh, kind of, this was earlier in the novel. It's like Aiden was going down on Stella and then he feels guilty like before they like actually have sex and that's when he leaves. So he is going down on Stella. He describes her taste as peachy and female. First of all. I'm glad you're watching yourself, I guess. First of all, what does it mean to taste female? Second, ain't nobody, ain't nobody tasting like peaches. And you're a liar if you say you do. That is just, that's physiological. Like, first of all, you shouldn't be using um, scented body wash down there. It's not good for your pH levels. PSA, um, all of our um, people with vulvas, you should, if you are wanting to wash with a sort of soap, um, you should only use like a really gentle, like scent free, like you could use like baby wash, um, something very gentle down there, mm. because Dug. if you are using things that are kind of harsh, it can lead to like irritation and like potentially lead to pH imbalances that can lead to bacterial growth and yeast, yeast infections. Infection. And we don't want that for that's you. That's not Becky. cute. So anyway, that's just our two cents. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't taste like peaches. Uh, I mean, I'm sure like. Listen, I I have no experience tasting one, but I'm sure it can taste <laughs> better some days than others. But I guarantee you, there are no days that it tastes like peaches. Like, also, he continues on to say out loud to her, if tight had a taste, mm-hmm. this would be it. What? Well, and then also he said something about like her clenching around his tongue. And I was like, what the fuck? Where was your tongue? Like, how is it that far in there? How is it that far in there? He's got a long ass tongue. Dude. Like, his loins are, go deep, but his your tongue goes deep. Your loins are deep and your tongue is long, my guy. That's like a toast and a, like a, <laughs> may your loins be deep and your tongue long. Oh. Pee my pants. Okay. Anyway. I feel like I don't need to explain myself further about that one. I feel like you, nobody's going to disagree with me. Um, Tessa, you're just incorrect on this particular. I'm sorry, um, but that was wrong. That was wrong of you to do. (laughs) Apology with tears right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know those. Okay. Also like that, this didn't happen in this book specifically, but I feel like I have like read it one too many times in the past few books that I have read. And it's like when the man is like describing like the taste of arousal or the smell of arousal, um, that is disgusting. It's disgusting. (laughs) And I wish they wouldn't do that. And like, he kind of hinted at that in this book. And I was just like, I wish you wouldn't like, maybe don't comment on like this, this there, there's no need because okay here's the deal pheromones are real pheromones yeah. um you can smell them but not consciously like your brain can't actually like pick a scent out and be like that you can pick up on the arousal 
Yeah. Like your, your body like gets these signals and that's fine, but you're not like legitimately smelling anything. Right. Like you're not like, wow, it smells like fresh baked cookies. Like my girl's turned on. You're not smelling anything. <laughs> your brain is just yeah. like, oh yeah. Like, like I'm <laughs> horny right now. And there's a reason it's because like I'm picking up on pheromones. Yeah. But you're putting down, but it's not a smell like, yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that. Like the book, the idea of that, (laughs) the book I'm reading right now, like they said that, and they're like, like I could, it was a girl too. She's like, I could smell my. (laughs) I was like, if you could smell yourself, me too. Take a shower. shower. Um, it's not cute. It's not hot. It's not sexy. Are these books like? Are they like fantasy novels? Because that happens with like it is like if they're fat or whatever. A fantasy novel. Um, it is. A very nice reverse harem novel called um, Dirty Broken Savages. If you haven't read it, it's pretty good. Um, but mm, that's not cute. And you maybe need to go to the doctor. Yeah. If you are a human, you should not have a sense of smell that strong. Um, let's let's quit. <laughs> let's quit that. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> Cut that shit out. Stop and it's more of like tasting or alcohol. I don't know what that means. Like, I don't, know. It I don't tastes, know. Like, um, if tight had a taste, I guess it's Stella Schmidt. Yeah. But you know, in conclusion, really good book. Super good book. <laughs> really poor word choice. Um, solid read though. Would recommend it to others. So next week, uh, we're actually doing um we talk about tropes a lot and kinks. Um, so next week we're actually doing a mini so and we are going to be going over different types of kinks, different types of tropes you may see in books, but we're also going to be going over some pretty common abbreviations that you may see on things like book talk or Goodreads um, when people leave reviews. And we just want you all to be in the loop. So it's just going to be a really quick, short episode next week, but I think it'll be really educational and informative. Yeah. And also fun because some of them are kind of fun. (laughs) Yeah. The kinks are fun. The kinks are really fun to talk about. There's so many. There are, there are so many I did not know about until I started reading, um, you know, like the more, more popular novels that are out there. So, and we will be talking about all of them and we will not be shaming anybody. No, we're here for all of it. We're, we will read anything and everything to be honest with you. Mm, That's not true. Um, (laughs) there are some age gap romances and the age gap is just a bit much, especially when they are barely 18. I will judge you for that, Okay, so we are shaming some people. So I will shame one thing, but I'm not, I'm not really shaming you. If you like to Listen, read that that's you, not even a kink. That's just that's, illegal. That's just not cool. Yeah, um, that was not that was not on my list of things uh, when I said that we're not shaming people. Anyways, um, so join us next week. And as always, let's get lit. <laughs>